quality. It's an expectation in healthcare by patients, staff, communities, and the industry at large, but it's certainly easier said than done in hospitals of all sizes, including rural hospitals with fewer resources at their disposal. So how do we maintain high-quality care and a culture of excellence? With constant monitoring, detailed tracking, and lots of persistence. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hotshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 24 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hotchair, President and CEO of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Director of Marketing and Development. So today we're at the halfway point, believe it or not, Rachel, uh, in our series of the five healthcare pillars. Uh, after discussing people and service in our previous two episodes, we're now focusing on quality. And today we're talking with a friend of Hillsdale Hospital who has experience in both small rural healthcare and a larger healthcare system. Not just a friend to Hillsdale, but a good personal friend of mine. Today our guest is Yvonne Anderson, Director of Accreditation and most recently Employee Health of Sparrow Health System. Welcome to Rural Health Rising, Yvonne. Well, thank you very much for both of you for having me um, on Rural Health Rising. I appreciate the opportunity to come talk to the both of you. So, Yvonne, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your work at Sparrow? So, I, I started really my my true health care experience uh, when I was going to college, and I got into um, Coldwater Hospital. I started uh, with uh, being a psychiatric technician and um, spent about five years with that. But then I started really kind of getting interested in utilization review. I did all the, the insurance verification and approvals. And that really kind of started where I ended up uh, knocking on the door at Hillsdale Hospital in 1999 in regards of saying, I, I can do some utilization review and discharge planning for your hospital. And that's really kind of where I started and really understanding about what rural healthcare is all about and, and being involved with um, the hospital. And, and then I, I moved on and I started a different realm after I left Hillsdale and I worked for DeVita, which is a, a um, national dialysis company and I ran multiple dialysis units. And then I, I started working for Sparrow Health System as their accreditation specialist in regarding uh, preparing for any type of surveys, triennial surveys, and then any type of other surveys from state and, and other entities. So Yvonne, you left in, I believe, February of 2010, Hillsdale Hospital, and I came in May of 2010. We're like two ships passing in the night. Um, but, but while we did not get a chance to connect at work, uh, here, I was certainly uh, able to learn about the hard work that you put forth for us in several areas. Uh, number one, as a consumer professional in healthcare, uh, you rebuilt and retooled our utilization review program. And then something very special is you came back to Hillsdale almost in a consultant type role and helped us prepare for our accreditation. So most of us have had experience working with Yvonne and she's, I tell you, she's tough. That's what I've heard. I've had the experience, but she gets results, and I think that's what's so important. So, Yvonne, now that we've established who you are and what you do, let's start with the why. And we do this on every episode so that our guests get to know you a little bit better. So, Yvonne, what is your why? What motivates you, and what gets you up out of bed in the morning? Well, you know, JJ, I think you really kind of tapped into that in regards of— um, 
where I, what I was doing in Hillsdale Hospital. And that was really about what are we doing to provide the best quality care for our patients and what keeps them safe? Um, what kind of services are we giving? Why do we give services? Um, how can we give better service more efficiently, more timely? How can we have engagement between our physicians and our nurses and our auxiliary departments? Um, that, that's really the why. Um, you know, part of it is that we, we don't wake up and think, today I'm going to be compliant. Today I, I'm the boss. Um, most of us in healthcare, we wake up saying, how am I going to do the best I can for my patients? Um, and that doesn't matter what role you're in. It's just about what we all need to do about providing the best quality care for our patients while they're in our organizations. And then also, what are we doing for each other? It really is about a partnership and, and growing together and developing. And even though at times we might have some of those challenges where we might have to have a little bit of some toughness and directness, <laughs> it, it really is about um, moving us forward. It's, it's a, always a, a constant step forward on what we're going to do and, and what's out there as we discover different technologies and different opportunities to bring things to our organization that will make it better for our, our community to have our hospital in. Absolutely. And based on that description, uh, you are living your why to the fullest, Yvonne. And so, uh, again, we're very excited to jump here into our questions uh, so that our listeners across the country uh, can hear a little bit more about this very important pillar of ours called quality. So, Yvonne, quality is a major component of the healthcare industry. Uh, you know that, often paired with safety, uh, as well as risk management at times. And because uh, these go hand in hand, uh, can you give us and our listeners uh, an understanding of what quality really means in this healthcare environment? It's pretty multifaceted. Uh, so when we talk about quality, what are we actually talking about? It's how we're going to improve the outcomes for our patients and then also our overall outcomes for our community. And um, how are we going to then be the leader in health for not only within our organizations, but also for those around us? And then also be a representation about what needs to happen, whether you're in rural or you are in a urban center, but what are we going to do in order to, to move forward? And then also how are we going to be able to move that as a partnership? Um, I'll, I'll go back again, and it's so important for the aspect of we wake up every day in healthcare to say to ourselves, what am I doing in order to keep the patient safe? It, it is from all levels. It, it's not, not particular. Sometimes when we say about healthcare, it's like what are our nurses and our doctors are doing? And yes, those are very important components of how we're going to take care of our patients, but it also means about what does it mean for us to have our, our environmental care service people that are, are cleaning the rooms? They are just as important um, in order for our success of quality as no different than those backroom people that are crunching those numbers. And, and people in healthcare, they don't want to say it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers, but they are really bringing us the resources. So if we identify safety issues or quality issues, then how are we going to move that forward in order to give organizations what they need in order to do the best that we can do? 
Um, so some of it, I, I, I always push forward about always asking ourselves, what are we doing today to keep the patient safe? And that is a multifaceted. It doesn't matter what role you're in. Absolutely. So, Yvonne, you currently manage the accreditation for Sparrow, which, you know, in my opinion, is kind of like the epitome of demonstrating the success <laughs> of all of your quality efforts, right? Um, and that's directly linked to, again, to quality at a larger healthcare system. But because you are doing that work at a system level, that means you're also involved in how it's happening at some of the smaller hospitals within the Sparrow system, right? So what do you see as the major differences between the quality efforts at the smaller rural hospitals versus larger hospitals, both your experience with the various sizes of hospitals at Sparrow, but also your experience having been here at Hillsdale before, which is an independent smaller hospital? So part of that is what we've really been working on is is that collaboration and that partnership between what we see at a larger hospital, but then also being able to understand about how that would be done at a more rural hospital. Um, So it's really the connection and drive about what the data is indicating. And that really kind of goes back a little bit more about the quality pieces. So we've been, we're part of a community through Vizient. Um, It's a consortium that allows us to do data comparison on various different avenues. And that, you know, a lot of that has to do with fiscal services. It has to do with supplies. It has to do with mortality, sepsis. Um, There's multiple areas that we use our Vizient consortium with in order to do some comparison. It allows us to compare ourselves to like size, so from what that might be in Lansing versus that might be in Ionia or Eaton or St. John's. So then that way we understand about where our metrics are going. But part of it is that once we begin to understand where our focus is is in regards to what our data is showing, then we implement that rollout all the way around. Some of the difference that we find, and, and you all know it, um, and, and I felt it, is that in rural hospitals, you, you have multiple hats. Um, there <laughs> Never are, heard of it. <laughs> there aren't multiple layers. Um, it, there isn't where you're going to have the, the president and the senior vice presidents and then the, the, the vice presidents and the directors and, and then and the managers and the supervisors and then the clinicians. Sometimes that is so very flat of where Mm -hmm. you go from the president to the manager, maybe. And maybe it's the president just to the caregiver. Um, Mm -hmm. It is very flat. And and maybe in some other different roles within the hospital, people have other things that are on their plate. Um, Part of even when I was there is just, yes, I did the accreditation piece, but I also did all the facility piece and the construction and and other various other projects that were assigned, but that's just how it is. It is flatter. Um, but it also gives, I, I, what I believe, the community hospitals more of an intimacy. Um, you really know all your people. Um, you know what makes them tick, why they tick, what's going to help motivate them, what it encourages them. Um, you know that more on a much more personal level where you would find it in a larger hospital you, you find that more in a little bit of some segments. Um, this is the segment we're working in, so you really get to know those people. But just here in, in Lansing alone, we have 3,000 nurses. Um, you're, you're not going to have that intimacy like you would know with your nurses 
at, at Hillsdale Hospital. So, you know, it's, it's all about the same type of rollout as we kind of see it from each hospital and then how we address it as a whole. But um, I, I think even though sometimes it might not feel like it, I, there's a little bit more beauty there about knowing your people from just a face-to-face, person-to-person. Well, what a uh, reflection, and in fact, a fun fact. Uh, Yvonne Anderson is married to our previous president and CEO, Duke Anderson. That's right. Who, at times, would go with me, and I would go with him, taking patients home in our personal vehicles. Mm -hmm. That's how small we are at Hillsdale, right, in rural health. And this really, Yvonne, struck me because... Last week, I was on a phone call with, and we're going to have her on this program, Lily, who's the CEO and president of Sheridan Hospital. It's a small critical access hospital in Michigan, uh, but I couldn't get a hold of her. And she finally came on the phone and she said, I'm so sorry. I was taking care of a patient. And I just, it it struck me. Wait a minute. What? And Lily is a nurse. And small critical access hospital, they had an issue uh, in their OR. She went over and she was circulating as a nurse. Wow. And so then you really think about what you just shared with us is so true, Mm -hmm. those many hats. But let's transition. Let's talk about because we're small, oftentimes people have said, well, because they're small, that means their quality must be bad, right? We often hear this phrase, well, bigger is better. Yvonne, I know that you're at a big organization, so I'm not asking you to dime anybody at the big organization (laughs) out, but could you throw us some props here in the small hospitals? Because I think that perception is out there and it permeates among some patients at times to think, well, you're too small to have that type of good quality. What are your thoughts about that? You've been in both places. You know, I'll just give you what we've all just currently have been dealing with and is the surge in COVID. Um, So when we had to start looking at our surge plan in regards of being prepared of when we got at a certain level within Lansing and we felt that it was unsafe to take any more patients, we really developed how are we going to then use all of our community hospitals for a level of care that would give them the best quality of care. So as we, because we were bigger and we would have more rooms of negative pressure, we have more opportunity to take care of those COVID patients that really needed a very high level of care. Um, And and I'm talking high level of care, just not regular care. Um, What were we gonna do with someone that might've had a diagnosis of COPD, CHF, Um, What we're going to do with someone that might have needed to have a gallbladder out. Um, What are we going to do with those patients that, yeah, we could provide that here at a larger hospital, but at that time was at the most safe place for them. And as an instant command, we all decided that the safe place for them was in our community hospitals for that level of care. And, And because we felt that that was the best level of care, We really encouraged all of our patients that we felt that wasn't anything COVID related, that they really needed to go to the nearest community hospital that that was in their area of address because that was going to keep them safe. They're going to get quality of care and they were going to get that that one-to-one attention. Um, Sometimes I think people think, to your point, JJ, if I go to a rural hospital, I'm not going to get the kind of care if I would go to the big place. But I'm going to go back and use that word intimacy again. 
you do have the intimacy of a little bit more one-to-one -one care. You have people who know you in the community that, that has an investment into your overall well-being because it's reflective of what kind of good quality care that you're getting. And, and people want you to heal. They want you to walk away and say, that was just a fabulous experience because I had all those people coming and, and helping me in my community. Sometimes you kind of lose that a little bit in, in more of a larger institution. So, I, you know, we really encouraged during COVID and we also, besides COVID, always encourage our community hospitals will provide you excellent care no matter what you're going to need. But part of the larger hospitals, if those are some things that aren't offered there, then there are options to you within our system. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So really, a lot of times the difference is not in the quality of care provided, but just in the type of care provided. There may be a higher level of care, but that's not the right. same as a higher quality, quality. necessarily right. from the types of things that you look at. So, um, you know, the reason we're talking about quality today is because it's one of the five pillars for our organization and many healthcare organizations. So what makes this such a major item for hospitals and healthcare providers so much so that it is one of the five pillars for so many of us? So quality really drives, again, back to our patients. Um, it, it talks about what we're going to do to self-improve. What are we doing well? So there's really two aspects to it. What are we doing really well to celebrate success? And that's really important to celebrate success on things that you are doing very well, to be able to demonstrate to your patients in your community that it is safe to come to the hospital to receive care. The other thing that quality tells us is, is how are we also gonna start to self-improve? Um, so one of the things that we identified through quality metrics through our, our um, collaboration with Vizian is that we had some areas in mortality that we really needed to take a look at. Um, so putting initiatives together, formulating different partnerships, looking at what the data is being proposed, put new action plans in place, put quality boards out there, being able to put new order sets out there. And we were able to move our quality in index for mortality below 1.0, which made us, compared to with other larger hospitals, we're number one. Um, that's what quality is able to do. It, the data is able to demonstrate where we need to focus, but it also allows us to celebrate good successes. So it's hand in hand. And then those celebrations of those quality um, aspects also help be able to demonstrate why a rural hospital or even a larger hospital is safe to come to. You know, and one of the challenges, Yvonne, that we're facing right now is, as I'm sure your hospital is, you know, is now trying to get our patients to come back to our hospitals because of the scare of COVID. And, you know, we are clawing our way back, trying to fight our way, you know, trying to determine, uh, you know, what is the best avenue as we move forward post-COVID to try to sustain our hospitals because all hospitals, large and small, mm -hmm. suffered during COVID with the loss of patient volume. And today, our biggest fight, and there's billboards that help sell the message, is come use your ER because it is truly safe. Don't wait for your heart and chest pains. You know, get into your primary care because you could stop a, a major illness. So understanding that, you know our, our, our plight here, Yvonne. You know 
that what your husband fought for and what we're fighting for uh, is to keep our independence because we think that's so important. But it's not just because we're putting sandbags out front and we're saying, you know, woe is us, we're special. We understand the intrinsic value of having a small rural hospital and what it means to our economy, Uh what it means to keeping 500 people working. And so understanding that, that complexity of the relationship between big health and small hospitals, uh, there is a relationship there. And part of why we launched this program was to highlight the importance of rural health. But I often say we can't just be independent. We're interdependent, right. which means we have to count on you. And so as we explain that relationship, we have a relationship with Sparrow Hospital as not only our reference lab, but now you're our management company for our laboratory. And that type of relationship works wonderful. Uh, and it works for the organization. It works for you know your hospital for scale. And we get access to uh, bigger systems. So with that, from your perspective, and believe it or not, this is our last question of the day. Uh, from your perspective, what can rural hospitals and larger hospitals or systems learn from each other when it comes to implementing and sustaining quality initiatives? So I think, JJ, you, you tapped right on to what's called that interdependency. Um, and, and some of that really is about working together in order to develop a relationship of a partnership. Um, You you know, you talk about the ERs and the doctors and and wanting to make that safe. And I think some of that is just to be able to recognize it's just across the board healthcare. So if, if we need to be able to be working together, well, maybe it makes more sense in, in a, a rural hospital to provide a service or an avenue because that is where it, it, it is really touch pointing versus having someone say, hey, you have to drive all the way, you know, 30, 60 miles in order to go to a bigger hospital where we could really be interdependent on just providing that same type of quality of service right there. And I think your example of the lab is a, is a perfect one. You get all the benefits of being able to have a, a top quality lab and, and management, but at the same time, all your people in the community are able to reach such great service. And it's the interdependency and partnerships with one another in order to drive what is is needed. And I don't think it's necessary a cookie cutter either. I think each community is different and, and based on their needs and their population that they're serving. Yvonne, we want to thank you today for joining Rural Health Rising. Uh, Your perspective has meant a lot to us here over the years uh, in improving some of our initiatives, whether it's utilization review, quality, or just the patient experience. Uh, And you have, I'm assuming uh, that as you had a hard time leaving Hillsdale, uh, because it is like home, that you have found a new place because the reason is because you love taking care of our patients. And that's really been the focal point of your life. So uh, serving as a clinician a long time ago as a psych tech, which is a very rewarding job. Now you're in charge of, my goodness, quite a bit for such a big system. So thank you, Yvonne Anderson, for joining us today on Rural Health Rising. Thank you. And now for our favorite part of the show, the voice of the patient. 
before COVID-19. Linda would visit her 86-year-old mother almost every week at the McRitchie Skilled Nursing Facility for long-term care. But when the state locked down because of the virus, that physical closeness that Linda and her mother once shared so frequently was no longer an option. For the safety and protection of all of those within the nursing unit, she, along with many other family members, couldn't be in the same room as her loved one. Outside of the video calls, for almost a year, Linda had no close contact with her mother. When asked about the difficulty of that separation, Linda answered, I'm glad she's being taken care of. She hasn't gotten COVID, which is the good part, and they're wonderful here. I wouldn't want her any other place. She's very lucky. In March, Linda was able to reunite with her mom inside of her room for the very first time since April of last year. And she brought her dog James with her. James's ears were dyed blue. When Linda and James walked into the room, her mom's eyes just lit up. A huge smile spread across her face and her hands reached out for the dog. Why are his ears so blue, she asked playfully. Linda wanted desperately to hug her mother, but she knew that it wasn't time yet for close contact. It's coming though, it's coming, she said. Wow, the voice of the patient is, its I know it's our favorite part of the show, it really is because it allows us to see and better understand in their own words, the impact that our patients are feeling after receiving healthcare with us and how important that is to them, to their families, and to their daily life. So, Yvonne, before we close, we do a fun segment with each of our guests. And uh, we want to know, what is your most unique rural experience or one of your favorite memories that is unique to rural life? Living on dirt roads. (laughs) How many times did you wash your car, Yvonne? (laughs) So, but here's the beauty of that. And uh, living on dirt roads take you to places that you just really don't go by the mainstream. Um, You know, and working in Hillsdale and working in the community there, it was like you you have to go to Hillsdale. It isn't off some highway. It's not off a a major drive through, but you have to go there to have purpose. And I, I see living on dirt roads the same way. It, it is. It will take you off the beaten path, but because it does take you off the beaten path, it brings you a whole sight of some beauty that you would have never seen if you would have stayed on the main roads. Um, granted, there are some potholes and maybe some mud, um, but it does bring you to a whole lot of beauty. And I, I do think that that was some of what we really, I enjoyed, and I think both Duke and I enjoyed living in Hillsdale about. Um, it just brought you a whole lot of beauty that you had to get off the main freeway in order to experience. And then once you were there, it, it's just, it's been a beautiful experience. Now, we cannot forget the danger of country roads as well. Driving a driving a Ford Ranger at an excessive rate of speed, causing the favorite vehicle of my former boss, a green, lovely Ford Ranger, love and joy of his life. First, his wife drove first brand new truck. Brand first new. brand new. Yes. Oh, Yvonne, no. Yvonne, could you tell our listeners what happened? Well, I had to go pick up Emily um, from a sleepover, and it was the middle of February. And it was about 30 degrees outside for 30 degrees for February is nice. And living out on the dirt roads, well, they don't get plowed. 
like the main roads. And I was driving Duke's truck and I did not put it in four by four. And um, I hit an ice patch on the back tires and I spun. Um, I've, I've never spun like a, a pendulum three times like I did with that truck. <laughs> oh my gosh. Needless to say, the pendulum stopped when I hit two trees. And oh my gosh. The True story. truck. Unfortunately, though, that wasn't <laughs> the first time I've totaled a car. <laughs> Let's hope it was your last. No, well, maybe not. No, no it isn't. <laughs> so needless to say, I, I've been in multiple car crashes. Um, and, and the worst was really out of that Green Ranger because it was so yes. short when I hit the two trees <laughs> that I sprained my ankle. Um, oh, no. no. But that's been the worst of it. But um, Duke does. And you ruined the truck. I did. That the man loved I, I so much. I did. He often, you know what? He talks about that truck like it's his baby. Yeah, but I bet he loves her more. So, oh, he does. You know, he does. Ultimately, but you at know, the time, ultimately maybe it equal, worked out. Right? Maybe equal at the time. <laughs> well, that's a great story, Yvonne. So thanks so much for joining us well, today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll talk about the next pillar, finance, with someone who has a depth of experience in this area. So be sure to tune in. And as a reminder, we are collecting patient testimonials to be featured during our Voice of the Patient segment. If you have an experience to share about the positive impact you or your loved one has had as a patient at a rural hospital or healthcare provider, call our direct-to-voicemail line at 269-447-1265 or email us at marketing at hillsdalehospital.com and share your story. You just might be featured on a future episode of Rural Health Rising. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Yvonne Anderson, Director of Accreditation and Employee Health at Sparrow Health System. For more interviews like this and more information or to share your patient or family testimonial with us, visit RuralHealthRising.com.